0: Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the city of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed.
1: Now, we are continuing with the topic of what's still in the kingdom. But now we're showing you the aspect of deliverance. And I wanted to look at one interesting part today. Because I want us to have an understanding of um, demonization. Now, I, for me, I'm not trying to raise a church that doesn't know anything. So I'm very thorough in what I teach. I teach you like it's Bible school Because I believe I'm raising people for ministry So it's very, it's very unfortunate when the saints don't know some of these things But before that, I felt I said too little on strongholds so let me start So it's just a recap If you're not here last week, we're looking at the ministry of deliverance And we noticed that Jesus came to bring deliverance That's one of his ministries. He came to bring deliverance. And so we looked at deliverance, and some of the key words we looked at were liberty, we looked at independence, we looked at freedom. And so deliverance is the transfer from an undesirable state to a desirable one. Or from an undesirable place to a more desirable place. Praise God. Second... Uh, Corinthians 10, verse 4. So, deliverance is a transfer from an undesirable one to a desirable one. One of the synonyms of the word deliverance is liberty, which has to do with freedom. And then there is also sovereignty, which is the state of being uninfluenced. Praise God. Now, I want just to talk a little about strongholds first. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. So we can actually pull strongholds down. But where are these strongholds found? Casting down arguments and every high thing that exhorts itself against the knowledge of God. So you see what it does? It exhorts itself against the knowledge of God. So that's what strongholds fight the most it's the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God will reveal the righteousness of God. You'll find the righteousness of God in the gospel because the Bible says, I'm not ashamed. Of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed. Meaning the rightness, the the correctness, the accurateness of God is revealed. From faith to faith, to the Jew, to the Gentile, and all that. So it casts down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, strongholds are simply fortified grounds which are difficult to break into. Fortified grounds which are difficult to break into. Some years ago, Pastor Daniel and I had he had someone coming to see him for healing. And so he asked me to be present. So the person entered, no smile, nothing. And they sat. And so he asked me to share the word. And so I began. And I started off with a joke. She didn't laugh. I knew today. (laughs) And so, I was sharing the word, nothing. No reaction. You know, you can tell when someone is receiving the word. Haven't you ever seen when Paul was preaching, he saw that a certain man had faith to be healed. And then afterwards, it was time to pray. He also shared the word, no reaction. So I said, do you believe you're going to be healed today? I said, no. So pastor asked, like, what? Like, how many other people have you gone to see over this case? 13. We looked at each other with a look of, we are a statistic today. I mean, we prayed religiously that day. So I remember laying hands and say, pain, go, it's still there. <laughs> I never understood the purpose of the visit. Till today. I've had certain visits I've never understood the purpose of. Listen to me more, I'll tell you more stories. I've had visits, you know I've had visits from people who have not told me their name. You guys think i'm joking <laughs> i've had visits from people who've not told me their name like i think i'm okay now eh? like somebody comes like okay look i just heard of you just pray for me i'm not going to tell you who i am where i've come from just pray <laughs> And my favorite one because then man came to see me i've forgotten what he wanted but he also just had a certain mindset couldn't be convinced. I, I didn't know why he came to see me, so I prayed for him. And afterwards he decided I want to sow his seeds. So he opens up his jacket and pulls out like I don't know how many hundred quarters. And from the hundred quarters removes one. <laughs> I said, <"Yeah>, gee) <laughs> Anyways, what I'm trying to say is, a stronghold is a fortified ground. It's difficult to break into. That's why be careful if you're not laughing at the pastor's jokes. (laughs) And it's usually a mindset. It can come up as a result of an upbringing, a culture, a behavior. It can also come as a result of an experience. It can come by you doing something over and over again that becomes your normal It's not like, it's like a reflex and also by maybe certain bad experiences so your mind automatically becomes programmed to think a certain way. That's how a stronghold is. Let me give you an example from the Bible. Acts chapter 8 and verse 9. And the thing about these strongholds, especially when they're demonic, is that they can create a hub for demonic activity. Okay, so I want you to see this. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. They used to call him the power. Like when he walks in, the power has come. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Are you following? But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God. So what should our message be? The kingdom of God. And the name of Jesus Christ. Both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. And was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. The sorcerer was in shock by the miracles. Now, we'll go to a few verses. They now called for the apostles to come lay hands on the people to receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the early church practice was this. First thing that's important, get saved. The next important thing, receive the Holy Spirit. That was the next important thing. So they, they called for the Holy They were concerned because the Holy Spirit had not fallen upon any one of them. It was a concern. So as a church, it should be a concern if we walk about and we realize not everyone has received... The Holy Ghost. Let's continue. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Uh And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to see something there do you know that there are believers whom when things start going wrong in a family they go to witch doctors they've not removed that from their heads it means there's still something in their mind which if they permit will cause demonic activity because they've not changed the way they think they've not changed the way they think I was in another province the other time, and someone came to see me. And they said, Pastor, I need help to forgive. I said, forgive who? And they said, my grandmother. I said, why? And the person says, my grandmother killed my mother. I said, how do you know? After I pressed about a few times, I said, okay. The family went to a witch doctor, and they were told this. I said, you believe the witch doctor? And the first thing that came to mind is, my goodness, how's your grandmother doing? That was my question. And the grandmother was now getting depressed. Now, here's the issue there. They believed the witch doctor. Now, whether that witch doctor was accurate or not is not the case. Whoever you believe and becomes your source, you empower them to control you. And then in believing that witch doctor, they probably even laid a seed on that altar. What were they doing to their generations? Do you know that the believer, whether information is accurate or not, should never get their source from devils? Yeah, right. Let me show you. Acts 16. We'll come back to Acts 8, verse 19. Acts 16. Look at verse 16. Acts 16, verse 16. Okay. The Bible says now as it happened, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her master's much profit by fortune-telling. Uh-huh. Let's go. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, listen to what she cried out, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Was that accurate? And she did this for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, his spirit kept getting angry because of the source. Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. Then Paul got arrested, and then you remember Paolo Nasira, a Pempera. That's the background. That's the background. In case you just think, That's the background. That's why they were arrested. Okay, let's go back. Now, go back to Acts 8.19, but here is the issue. Had the people gotten saved because of the testimony of that girl, then that girl would have been greater than Paul and Silas. Amen. That's why Jesus refused the testimony of demons. And do you know how demons are? I've casted out many of them. They tell you things, I tell you. In the whole of Osaka, we only fear two men of God, then they'll mention someone you fear. Just that one and you. The rest... What's that doing? It's pumping up your ego. So we don't believe the testimony of demons. We don't care about it, actually. So now, Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit was given. He offered the money. Now, it's not coincidence that we are first shown that his history was that of a sorcerer, and then he went on to offer money for power. It means he had not gotten that out of his mind. had not gotten that out of his heart and look at what peter answered but peter said to him your money perish with you peter was the one he says let your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of god could be purchased with money so where was the problem first you have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right where was the problem now his heart in the in the sight of god Repent therefore of this wickedness and pray if God if, pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. And then notice, Peter says, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. There's a chance he was jealous. Don't forget he's the one who they all used to celebrate. There's a chance that jealousy poisoned his heart. And this man was bound by iniquity. Now, why am I sharing this? Because once you get saved, there is a reason why we encourage you to do the salvation course, why we encourage you to do foundation class, orientation, and all those things. It's because apart from certain things you have to learn, there could be things you have to unlearn. And the easiest way for one to unlearn is when they consistently bombard themselves with something over and over and over again. So if we bombard you with the word over and over and over and over and over again, you'll be unlearning. And then the good thing is that this word that we teach is not just words. It's living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, even to the dividing of spirit and soul, and bone and marrow. It can do an operation on your mind. It can cleanse your mind. This word that we preach can make you innocent again. I will say that again. This word that we preach can make you innocent again. It can cleanse that pornography out of your mind. Praise God. And that's why the secret to that is Romans 12. The secret to strongholds is not necessarily... Like get in your head and bang it. Now I break the ones. I break the ones. You have to bombard it with the language it hears. You fight knowledge with knowledge. You fight thoughts with thoughts. Romans 12 verse 2. What does the Bible say? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Sense, be willing to let go of certain thought patterns. Be willing to let go of certain certain patterns. Let me tell you something that's interesting. Do you know that as a believer, you can actually put on the odd man if you're not careful? Ephesians four, look at verse nineteen. 20, but you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have learned him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness. The difference between an unbeliever and a believer is that you can decide. So get rid of those thought patterns. That's the only way you can put on the old man again. It's through the mind. Get rid of that manner of thinking. The one that just argues with everything, that's the principle of Christ. If you find yourself in a position where when we're teaching... Let me give you an example. As believers... Keep your relationships pure and holy if your mind goes, "Eh." we know people. eh? We've we've also seen people are saying, that's a strong word. It means you've trained your mind that it's not possible. If I'm teaching and I'm talking about how he became poor so that we can be rich, the first thing he says, hey, some scriptures are for some people. It's spiritual richness. not, And you'll find there's a, way you, there's a way that knowledge is setting itself against the knowledge of God. Choose God. Every time I open the Bible there's a prayer I make in my heart. You know what I say? I say, Lord, I know myself. I'm a very opinionated person. But whatever I find in this is true. I'm willing to abandon, even if I've held an opinion for years, I'm willing to abandon it for your sake. Even if I think something is part of my personality, I'm willing to abandon it. It's not about personality, it's about the new man in Christ. Okay, are you following me? So that's why you must be deliberate about the word of God. You must be deliberate, that way you will grow. Because you can be a full-time believer and you think like a sinner. Praise God. I'll give you another example. If as it stands, you even have the thoughts of accepting someone who's an unbeliever, what's attractive about darkness to you? You ran away from darkness. You escaped it. You ran to the altar. To go back to it. To covenant to darkness. For better, for worse. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that aspect, that aspect. And that's why here's what I would advise you. If you find that there are certain things that you're struggling to deal with, get counseling. Come to the offices. Let's have a session. I don't know if you're getting my point. Contact the ministry team. Let's have sessions. Because you know what we do sometimes in those kinds sessions? We simply spend a lot of time bombarding you with the word. I'll tell you one thing I never do. I never do venting sessions. I don't allow anyone to come to my office to vent. You're not allowed. I also have to talk. Venting is too one way. After you talk, it's my turn. I hope you're hearing me. Some things that people call cancer is venting. (laughs) I'll tell you, don't you think you're wrong there? (laughs) Praise God. Is somebody being blessed? So if you're a believer and you notice that there are certain things you keep going back to, then you'll have to address them. What is it that you've allowed those things to mean to you? What have you allowed them to mean to you? Why are they the default settings? You know, like when a phone is... Like, what's your default setting? If, like, things... Let's say something goes wrong. Let's say today, you have a day where you've heard bad news or something like that. What's your default setting? How do you react to situations? Usually, you find if somebody's default setting is, I've gone to drink... And there is a time in their life where they had accommodated that as their thought pattern. And they've not gotten rid of it. The apostles first pressure. What was the apostle Paul's default setting? And yet, this is a man who in his previous life used to kill Christians. Meaning he dealt with those things. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I trying to say? You can overcome that mindset. You can overcome those thought patterns. That's why the Word of God is there. It's powerful. Yes. You don't have to remain a slave to those things. We are going somewhere. You know I've just started,. Eh? Let's look at that was just the introduction. Actually Actually, that was the recap. That was the recap. Let's introduce today. The good thing is this. If I don't finish, I'm the pastor. If I'm not mistaken, is next week campus ministry, would we have campus ministry hour next week? I'm looking forward to that. You know why? That's where I started from. Like I say, from Sunday school. That's where I restart. Okay. That, that was one of my stats. That's why I hit dimensions. That side, are you with me? The team that side? Everybody that side say glory. Glory. Okay, wonderful. Luke chapter 8. You know, I don't want a church that's confused concerning these matters. So I want you to understand a bit of stuff concerning demonization. Now, someone would ask, how come you can teach on such a topic? Jesus taught on these topics and if you don't teach on something, people will learn it also and they might learn a confused version so Luke 8 verse 1 I want you just to see something about the ministry of Jesus we already read in Luke chapter 4 right? how he came to set captives free and stuff like that Luke 8 verse 1 now it came to pass afterwards that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. One of them is mentioned. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. And Johanna, the wife of Chuza, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. Now, this particular portion focuses on the women right but if you had to read earlier look at peter peter when he first saw jesus do a miracle what did he say depart from me i'm a sinful man Matthew was a tax collector you can say so many things about a few others i think Nathanael was a good guy right Nathanael was a good guy not so have you read in the scriptures where jesus talked about Nathanael? guys remember when jesus talked about Nathanael when he said i saw you under a tree and this is this is We need a Bible quiz (laughs) soon. What do you think? Now, in particular, here's something I want you to know. The people that Jesus worked closely with had a track record. Jesus was in the business of finding his own people, casting out whatever devils they had, changing whatever patterns they had, and building ministry out of them. So I, I'm saying this because some of us have been okay Sunday school, ABCD, whatever. And then there are others, you came here with a history. I don't know if you're getting my point. Like, there are others who may feel discouraged to be involved because, you know, you're afraid, hey, Pastor, if you had to put me on the poster, people know me, I've got a reputation. I was known for too much things. I don't know if you're getting my point. Jesus got people who were known for different things, and he says, You're Apostle Matthew. You're Apostle Peter. You're this and that. I hope you're hearing me. So I'm, I, I'm just saying that to encourage someone in this place who may be feeling like they don't have a very good track record. The people Jesus, the people who walked closely with Jesus, one of them, the one whom he even wasn't that the first person he appeared to, he casted out seven demons. The people even counted one. <laughs> Three Master, there are four more four five, six, seven. okay, so I just wanted to show you that Jesus did take this ministry seriously, but here's what I love about it. We are not told he casted out seven demons from them every week. What am I trying to say? There are places where the culture, like there's something off. I know what I'm talking about. I've been there before where you even know that when this prayer point is made, that person could corner manifest and they'll scream like this, and then the demon will say this, and then this one will say this. I once approached someone because I noticed they were always doing that. So I approached them after church and I asked them saying, how come, like, ah, you know, some of us were from the royal family, so these things, they just follow us. It means there was a stronghold. And that stronghold came from a teaching. A teaching that was taught that this gospel somehow doesn't have much impact on you if you're from the royal family. And that's what inspired the teaching. Is there no good news? If today you met someone who's from a generation of five practicing witches, they've all laid hands on him. They've cut tattoos on every part of his body. My only question is, is there no good news for that one? Does the gospel exclude them? So, meaning... It wasn't a culture of the same people being set free over and over again. If someone had issues, they were dealt with and then they were trained now to minister to other people (laughs) as well. So if a person here has issues, we'll deal with them. But our aim is not to see those issues next week and the other week and the other week. Now we have to train you. Not, Not just to... Rebuke Satan if he comes at you because he always tries to come back but also to help others. I thought I should mention that because we need to have a proper culture and that's why you find as a pastor if you constantly see the same person manifesting demonic spirits we'll call them aside and say, "Why at bunch. What's the issue here? No, let's continue. I'm talking. <laughs> can I continue? Even if you say no. Let yeah, me not be asking such questions. They can be a brave person one day. So now the biggest questions people ask me. There are cases I've dealt with where let's say somebody has come to see me and I can tell this is a spirit. And I told you this is a spirit. The biggest question people ask me is, Pastor, am I possessed? Okay. So let me explain. There's what is called possession. Now, Matthew 8 and verse 28 shows you as an example of somebody who was possessed. Two people actually. The Bible says when he had come to the other side of the to the country. Of the. Gergensens, There met him. Two demon possessed men. Coming out of the tombs. Exceedingly fierce. So that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out saying. What have we to do with you. Jesus you son of God. Have you come here to torment us. Before our time. How many of you know that this was a legal battle. Do you know this was a legal battle? Do you know why they said, what have we to do with you, you son of God? Do you know why? They were challenging his legal authority to deal with them. Let me explain. If you've got a criminal case in Zambia and you go to another country... Let's say you go to, let's think of a random country, Kazakhstan. The police in Zambia do not have the authority to follow you in Kazakhstan, ambush you and arrest you. They don't have that authority. They would need permission for that. Isn't it that man, is it the one who started Wikileaks? He just hid in the embassy for some years, right? Until they kicked him out and they arrested him but door, no. because even within the embassy it was not uh... so what he was trying to say is you you're of heaven what do you want to do with us here on earth because the earth has been given to men that's why he says Jesus you son of God have you come here to torment us before the time so they know there is a time coming for their torment. but they were saying you're of heaven and so what does Jesus do And says, now a good way off from there there was a herd of many swine feeding. There was pork feeding. And so the demons begged him, saying, if you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, go. So when they had come out, and if you read it from another version, or not another version, from another writing from another one of the people who wrote the Gospels, you realize that there were many. Say, Legion is my name for where many. Legion can be between 12,000 and 28,000. So he said, go. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine, and suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently from the steep place and into the sea and perished into the water. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got good news for you. All the pigs that were demon-possessed died. <laughs> They all died. They all died. None of them reproduced. The spirit has not been passed on. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for preserving them. So I hope you heard me. eh? Because when I was young, I used to think that maybe they were passed down. But then I knew the truth and the bible says when you know the truth the truth shall make you free and then guess what after i had a meal i discovered that whoever the son of man sets free is free indeed Hey! so ladies and gentlemen these guys were possessed in short they had no When a person is possessed, it means they're owned. They had absolutely no control, no fight whatsoever. And I would like you to know first that a Christian can never get to that place. It's not possible. It's not possible, absolutely impossible. Now, let me show you something else. Now, of course, I've heard the statements a Christian cannot be possessed, but they can be oppressed and afflicted. Let me start by saying they shouldn't even be oppressed and afflicted in the first place. So it's more of bordering around the ifs of scripture. Let me tell you what I mean by the ifs of scripture. Give me first John two. First John two and verse one. First John two and verse one. My little children These things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So notice, he's writing to them so that they do not sin. But then there's an if, like if anyone has a challenge, we can still deal with it. It's the same reason why we will not say to a believer, saying, we will not mock or laugh at them if, let's say, they've got a health challenge. We can still deal with it. But we should not reach a place where we don't teach them that they can actually walk in divine health. So I hope you're following me. So it's watering around the ifs. So is oppression possible? It is. Is affliction possible? It is. But that doesn't make it legal. It's illegal. It's like saying, let me put it like this. If my car is registered in my name, it's impossible for somebody else to go register it in their name. It's my car, it's not theirs. Okay? So, that car can not be possessed by another person. However, you find somebody, let's say, may want to tamper with it. Or someone may want to drive it illegally or something like that that doesn't mean it's legal for it to happen or I should expect it to happen. Like I should just be explaining that every time I walk out, I should just find somebody else driving my car and say, oh, it's okay. Since It's okay even if Kai, we're not supposed to possess that, We can be oppressed. That's, that's the same thing. I hope you're hearing me. So now, if we're dealing with a person who has been demonized, maybe through oppression and def- or affliction, you'll find that it refers to a situation where they're being influenced by a demonic spirit. It's like they don't have independence. They're being influenced by a demonic spirit. And these things can play with a person's hormones, they can play with their mindset, they can play with so many things. One time, this is fourth year, remember, I wake up your a dream around six. And God shows me one of my classmates. And in the dream, I'm told, cast out the spirit of alcoholism from them. And then I never had a relationship with this person, but I knew the friend. So at six, I woke up and I called the friend. And I said, please give me your friend's number they gave me. Now guys, I was tired, so don't do it the way I did it. So I called, I said, hi, I dreamt I was casting out a demon from you. And so the person says, are you serious? And they found it funny. So I asked to meet. So I shared with them the dream I had, and they said, "Actually, I can't go a day without drinking, but I'm sure I can stop." I'm saying, "How many times have you told yourself that? You have probably permitted it to reach this level." And then God gives me like three, four words of knowledges. I tell them, and they're like, "You're using psychology." We were in psychology class together, first year. I said, "Okay, let me pray for you." I laid my hand him <laughs> way. Casted it out. It means the person had reached a certain place where the influence for alcohol was beyond taste buds. That's the place they had reached. So, an example. I showed you Luke 13 verse 16 where there was a woman who Jesus said, Ought not this woman whom Satan has bound for 18 years? So you find Her sickness was a reflection of what Satan had done to her. I showed you that last week. If you look at Mark 9, and I want you to see, let's see from verse 15. Mark 9 from verse 15. Okay, 16. And I want us to use the NLT. What is all this arguing about, he asked. That's Jesus. One of the men in the crowd spoke and said, Teacher, I brought my son for you to heal him. He can't speak because he is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this evil spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground and makes him foam at the mouth and grind his teeth and become rigid. So I asked the disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. So you find for this kid the reflection of the evil spirit's work was not the whole day. There were moments where it would get a grip of him. So you find that with the mouth, as much as there was an element of possession, you notice that this kid was being afflicted. It's like there'll be moments where it just grabs a hold of him and does whatever it wants. And Jesus said to them, okay, he rebuked them. And then when they brought the boy, when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it's threw the child into violent convulsion. And Jesus casted it out. We know that. By the way, you know you can reach a place where in the spiritual realm, they know who you are. Are you aware? Is somebody following? How I know that that's the case is when you read Acts 19 and verse 15. These guys were trying to cast out devils, right? And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. It's not just Jesus they knew. They knew Paul. But who are you? And then they beat him up. (laughs) Now, can I explain a few more things? So you find there are certain ways these things manifest in consistent and godly behavior. Unusual desires. Can I give an example of one unusual desire? First Kings 18. How many of you remember when Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal to a fight? You remember that, right? Yeah. Hey, have you read on Elijah and the prophets of Baal? Yeah. How many were they? Weren't they 450? Now when he challenged them, 18 and give me verse 25. So Elijah says to the prophets of Baal, now how many of you know? Okay, here's how you always remember the Elijah versus the prophets of Baal. Haven't you heard songs? He answered us by fire. This is where it came from. Yeah. So now Elijah said to those prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first. For you are many and call in the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given and they prepared it and called on the name of Bao from morning till noon, saying, Oh Bao, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about on the altar, which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Ba la. la, la, la. <laughs> Anyways. And then he says, cry aloud for he's a god. Either he's meditating or he's busy. (laughs) Or he's on a journey. Or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. (laughs) Elijah was the one. (laughs) And so they cried out. But this is the part I want you to say. I want to show you one unhealthy behavior. They cried out and cut themselves as was their custom. The people that do that right now. You find when there's a problem, they inflict pain on themselves. Some physically. Some even emotionally. Find someone just goes back to to that person that hurt them. Just so the person can hurt them again. Like even deliberately. So what were they doing? They were cutting themselves as was their custom with knives until the blood gushed out of them. So you find someone just keeps cutting themselves and cutting themselves. That's a very unhealthy and unusual behavior. You must be able to recognize saying, no, Satan, you're not going to do that. And you know, you must learn to say no. By that, this is what I mean. Perhaps someone has a challenge and we deal with it. If two weeks from now a situation happens and you just keep getting thoughts of going back, say no, Satan, I rebuke you. Learn to resist. Okay. So why am I sharing these things with you? I've got three main reasons for sharing these things. Number one, if there is anyone with a challenge, we want to help them. Number two to train you how to resist. Because Satan will come at listen, Satan will come at you. And he's got the legal right to tempt you. Third reason is because somebody here needs to be empowered to be a priest in their family. Someone here needs to be empowered to be able to, un- to notice. <sighs> okay, this is unusual. My uncle, I would like to have a word with you. And respectfully, you have a word and just share the word of God. And you say, you know, God can bring you out of this. And you pray with them. You'll be amazed how many family members you will help. You'll be amazed how many friends at school you'll be able to help. The whole essence is this. Believers must be well equipped for ministry. So I want you to learn how to deal with these things. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Okay. So on this note, I'll end here. Next week, when I continue, I'll show you what these spirits do. How they take hold of people how they afflict them and unfortunately sometimes even believers and can i give you my main text for doing that would you like it i'm sure you've already caught it it's second corinthians 2 verse 11 list satan to take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices no one will be taken advantage of because you won't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Somebody say, Glory to God. Glory to God. Say it again. Glory to God. Glory to God. Wonderful. Dear friends, ladies and gentlemen, this enemy we have exposed is our bait, Is helpless. He's helpless to a person who's got the knowledge of how to deal with him. My prayer is that after this, and especially when we're done, my prayer is that you'll be able to take the message of the kingdom to everyone you know. And if they have a challenge with devils, you'll be able to deal with them. Praise God. Okay, so I would like everyone to close their eyes and I want to just give an opportunity in case there's anyone in this place who's not given Jesus Lordship over your life. I want you to hear me. You may be in a position where You are wondering, will I manage the Christian life? You may be asking, saying, Apostle, you don't know, I've got this to deal with, I come with all this baggage. I've got this to deal with, I've got that to deal with. You see, the moment you surrender to the Lordship of Jesus, it becomes his issue now. By that I mean, when you surrender to a different Lord, who is the Lord Jesus, it is now by His authority and His power that you can dethrone any pattern, any mindset, any devil that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. And if you're not saved, you can tell. Because when you're not saved, there's a darkness in your heart. Some of us, perhaps this is the moment to rededicate our lives to God. Because somewhere we lost our plot. God is very ready to help you. So I'm going to give you a moment. If you are that one or that five or that four that we need to help with salvation today, I want you to just raise your hand and I want you to raise it up high. I'll give you a minute. Lift your hands and I want you to say after me Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as Lord over my life. Amen. Keep your hands lifted. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Spirit. That's the power of God on you. Receive the Holy Spirit.
2: since then. I've been my own. Receive the Holy Spirit in Jesus. I receive his in me. Receive the Holy Ghost. Down as his feet is not here I am to me. Imagination I is for my life. Oh,
0: service I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on 077-930882. If you are unable to call you can email us on Zambia at gmail.com